This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is the Get Booked podcast, a bi-weekly show for personalized reading recommendations. This is episode number two, and we're recording on Monday. No, it's Tuesday, Tuesday, September 22nd. I'm Amanda Nelson, your host. I'm also the managing editor of Book Riot. I am here with Ardo Omer. Ardo is a contributor at our sister site, panels.net, which is a, a comic site. She's a senior writer at Women Write About Comics. Started out as a book blogger, then expanded into writing about comics and TV and pop culture. When she is not imagining her home of Toronto as Gotham 2.0, she's a little obsessed with K-pop and J-dramas. That's awesome. Welcome to my show. Thank you. I'm very excited. Yeah. So we got so many questions about comics and graphic novels when I first did the call, uh, when I first announced the show, my inbox sort of flooded uh, with comics and graphic novels. And I have just recently, well, recently, like in the past two years, really gotten into comics and and reading graphic novels and things like that. So I wanted to bring on someone who had more of an expertise in the area. So I asked Arthur to join me. The first four questions are comics related and the last two are not, but they were time sensitive. So I wanted to go ahead and get them answered before this listener goes off to do the thing that they were asking about. Um, So if you are new to the show, which you might be, because this is just our second episode, the way this works is you email me uh, your reading recommendation request can be for any genre. It doesn't even have to be for you. It can be for your book club, you know, a gift that you want to get for somebody. does not matter. And I will answer your question on the show and give you books, book or books, usually books, plural, uh, that I think would be a good fit for whatever you need. And this is a biweekly show, and every other week I will have a new host come on to help me, somebody who has more expertise in whatever genre it is that we're talking about. Um, so you can be sure to get wide variety of recommendations, but also really deep, really good and specific ones. So if you have a reading recommendation request and you want to get that answered on Get Booked, you can email getbooked at bookriot.com or you can go to bookriot.com to the podcast section and there's a form in the Get Booked uh, post where you can just drop your question into the form and I will answer it. If you don't want me to mention your name, please make sure that you say that uh, because, you know, this is a surprise for some people. They're looking for presents and all of that. So if you don't want me to mention your name, Make sure you mention that when you drop in your request. Okay, hoorah. So I think we can go ahead and do the first question. Do you think so? Yeah, let's go ahead and do it. Sure. You ready? Okay, here we go. So question number one. Hello all. I love the idea of a new recommendations podcast and cannot wait to listen to it with the same fervor as I already do with the Book Right podcast and all the books. Well, thank you very much. My good friend and I have decided to make 2016 our year of reading as many lady books as humanly possible. I am pro this. Here for it. I am a bit obsessive and I read about 150 books a year, so I started a list of titles months ago. We want to hit on as many styles and genres as possible, one of which we don't have too much experience in is graphic novels or comics. We're already planning on reading Persepolis, and I already read the new Ms. Marvel, Lumberjanes, and Nimona, but that's around where my lady graphic novel slash comics knowledge stops. We're open to most anything as long as it's chock full of great lady characters, and I especially like stories that are a bit out there and stories that make me laugh. Thanks so much for everything you do, Taylor. So before we get to our answers, I'm going to go ahead and do our first sponsor. 
And our first sponsor is Under the Udala Trees by Chinelo Okparanta. This is a title, obviously. It's a book. <laughs> Under the Udala Trees. This is about a, a girl named Ijioma who's in Nigeria. She comes of age as her nation does. She's born before the independence. She's 11 when civil war breaks out in the young Republic of Nigeria. She's sent away by her family to safety. And while she's, while she's gone, she meets another child who's also displaced. They're a bit star-crossed. They fall in love, but they are from different ethnic communities, and also, they're both girls. When their love is discovered, Ijioma learns that she has to hide that part of herself, but of course there's a cost to living that kind of lie. So in the same way that Edwidge, uh, Edwidge, excuse me, Danticat made a uh, personal kind of that legacy of Hades political coming of age, Akparantas under the Udala trees uses one woman's lifetime to examine all these ways that Nigerians are struggling towards selfhood. So as the, na as the nation kind of contends with and recovers from all these effects of war and division. You know, Nigerian lives are also personally and individually wrecked and lost and destroyed because of prejudice and taboo and all of those sorts of things. So the story offers a glimmer of hope, a future where one woman might be able to shape her own life around her personal truth and the love that she feels like, uh, you know, giving. Um, so it's, it's really a bold kind of fable-like book. It interrogates all these social constructions around womanhood, sexuality, the idea of a nation, nationhood, and a nation-state. And the prose is, is very elegant and restrained. And she's really tackling issues of violence, religion, and patriarchy in modern-day Nigeria. So check out Under the Udala Trees by Chinelo Okparanta, and thank you so much for sponsoring the show. All right, so recommendations for Lady comics, comics with great female characters. Do you want to start us off with the first one? And then we'll just back and forth, I guess. So sure, okay. let's do that. All right. um, so my first pick was actually a book that came out around May, uh, Super Mutant Magic Academy by Jillian Tamaki. Um, it is actually one of my favorite um, comics to come out this year. Oh, nice. uh, it is hilarious. It is sweet. It's amazing. Jillian Tamaki is actually uh, one of the co-creators of This One Summer, which won a ton of prizes. Um, so it's it's really great. It's basically a collection of her webcomic um, with some additions just to make it a... It feels kind of random because it's a webcomic, so she, she does doodles of, you know, different, you know, like strips and things like that every day. Um, but she also inserted some stuff in so that it feels like an entire arc, um, is happening, which is really great. And it's basically um, a bunch of weirdo kids. Uh, <laughs> My favorite kind of kids. <laughs> yeah, it's a bunch of weirdo kids. Um, so it's uh, enter the not-so-hollowed halls of Super Mutant Magic Academy and let the teenage apathy wash over you. Wendy, Marsha, Cheddar, Francis, and the other kids will be your guides through the D&D games, performance arts, unrequited crushes, spell cast tests, and are the staples of life at a school for paranormal teenagers. So it's really great. It's, a, it's kind of like a humorous riff on X-Men and Harry Potter, and it's just really weird and funny. That sounds great. I'm going to read that myself. <laughs> oh, um, I forgot to mention, if you are listening to this, maybe in your car and you can't write down what we're saying, you can go to the post on the site and in the show notes, I'm going to list all of the books that we talk about. So if you um, don't feel like you have to, please don't crash your car trying to write down these titles while we're saying them. <laughs> please don't. Yeah, it's just gonna, I don't want that on my conscience. Okay, so my first rec for you, a comic with really great lady characters is Bitch Planet by Kelly Sue DeConnick and Val Delandra does the art. I love this comic so much. I actually have a tattoo from this comic. Uh, it 
How to explain Bitch Planet? Okay, it takes place in a futuristic patriarchy, patriarchal um, world that is Earth, obviously, and that's not too far distant from our current society, to be honest. And women who are non-compliant, who don't adhere to very strict gender norms in society, and who are, uh, you know, talk back to the men or are lesbians or whatever, in any way non-compliant to society's patriarchal rules, are sent to a prison planet colloquially known as Bitch Planet. And uh, while they're there, the characters uh, have been kind of drafted to participate in a very violent arena game, kind of Mad Max-style Thunderdome sort of thing, um, for society's entertainment. So it's got that kind of weird Hunger Games thing happening with a combination of 70s black exploitation. Uh, if that makes sense. When I say that out loud, it sounds very strange, but it is so amazing. And it's worth buying in single issues. I don't know, uh, Taylor, this the person who asked this question, I don't know if you know the difference uh, between like a trade or a single issue, um, but single issues are comics that come out every every month. You know, they're like the floppies that you see um, when you think of a comic book. And then a trade is the first five or six uh, issues bound in a what looks like a graphic novel. So a lot of people use graphic novels and trade interchangeably. So um, I've been reading Bitch Planet in single issues, and the single issues have really amazing uh, feminist essays in them. I don't know if they're in the trade. Do you know? Um, I, from what I've heard, um, I think Kelly Sue DeConnick, in order to keep costs down, yeah. uh, she didn't include it. It might be included later on. Um, that, from what I remember, that's, that's the case. But uh, yes, it's, it's a fantastic, fantastic series. I'm a, a bit behind, but it's definitely worth the single issues. And if not, uh, I definitely, definitely recommend picking up the trade when it comes out. Yeah, and there's a lot there for book club discussion. There's so much there that you can take apart. There's body positivity, racial issues, feminism, just lots of stuff. So, and it's funny. It's got a lot of really funny, dark funny, but funny moments. So that's my first one. What is your next one, Ardo? Well, my next one is um, actually just a comics creator, uh, Kate Beaton, because she had this wonderful um, comic come out called Hark the Vagrant, which is in a similar fashion to Super Mutant Academy. Um, it's just a collection of her, you know, web comics where she does hilarious. She's she's a she's a very funny cartoonist. Um, so it's just a collection of her best um you know, web comics uh, all bound together. She does things like, you know, a, a really, a really bitter Wonder Woman who refuses to like a chain smoking Wonder Woman <laughs> to like, you know, rescue a cat from a tree. Or she does um, a funny little bit with um, where uh, Edgar Allan Poe is writing a fan letter to to an author who, whose name escapes me, but he's literally like a, a teen girl writing this fan letter oh that he's so excited about. Um, so it's, she's hilarious, um, and she actually has a new collection of like uh, that follows that up with um, more of her web comics that wasn't able to be collected in the first to- uh, first book uh, called Step Aside Pops that came out this month as well. Definitely check out Kate Bean; she's very very funny, um, and I think you'd you'd really enjoy it. Okay, my next one is Rat Queens. Uh, it's by Curtis J. Weeby. I've never said that out loud before. W i e b e. Uh, and the art right now is done by Laura Tavishati. And Rat Queens is Lord of the Rings, if it were an all-female cast that did a lot of drugs and had a lot of sex. 
So it's <laughs> basically yes. It's so great. It's the it's a fellowship of these misfit women who are of various species, like elves and dwarves, and I think one of them one of them is a human, but she's a, a magician. And it takes place in a very Lord of the Rings style kind of fantasy universe, and they just go on these adventures. The Rat Queens is the name of like their gang, so it's a fellowship of the rings if they were like petty criminals, and so they drink a lot, eat a lot of you know psychedelic food have various and sundry um, adventures. And this one has been out for a while, so it should be pretty easy to find the first volume uh, of the trade. And it's it's really colorful. The art is really nice. I just really enjoy it. It's a lot of fun, very funny. Um, if you like that kind of... It's like Lumberjanes if Lumberjanes were rated R and yes. also fantasy. <laughs> That's a perfect example. <laughs> so girl power with drugs. Yay. So there you yeah, go. Rat, yeah, Rat Queens is amazing. Definitely check that out. Uh, my next pick is um, actually, uh, it was originally a French comic uh, that's been translated, and I highly recommend anyone to get a hold of it. Uh, it's called But I Really Wanted to Be an Anthropologist by Margot Motin. Um, and uh, I think this also collects web comics. <laughs> <laughs> Noticing a theme here. I, I it's it's interesting, but it's 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 what's interesting about web comics is that web comics has allowed a lot of women um, and people of color to actually um, create really interesting comics that might not be the case necessarily in mainstream or traditional publishing. So web comics is great, and if anything, these last three books that I've mentioned would be great to you know introduce people into the world of web comics um and I, this reader has read Nimonas, which was also a web comic originally um but i really wanted to be an anthropologist is something i picked up at tcaf which is a the toronto comic book uh comic book arts festival in toronto which is really great and it's it's she's so hilarious it's writing about her adventures as a mom and a wife and it's and, she, and she's foul, and she's, you know, a shopaholic, and her art is just so stunning. It's so graceful, and the lines are amazing. Definitely, definitely recommend it if you can get it. It's it's available on Amazon for sure if you want to purchase it, but uh, it's, it's hilarious, and uh, it's, it's definitely a great way. It's a great female positive book from what I've seen. All right, this will be the last direct for this uh, question. So my last one is The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl by Ryan North and Erica Henderson. And this first trade just came out, and I just got it and read it, and I loved it so much. So The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, if you like Miss Marvel, which this uh, reader does, then I think you'll really enjoy this. She's a young adult. She's a college freshman in, in this run. And she's a squirrel, like her super, she's a superhero and her superpower is that she can communicate with squirrels and she has a giant squirrel tail that she like tucks into the back of her pants. So it makes her look like she has a big butt, which I really appreciate. There's a lot of body positivity about this comic because she's, I don't know, she's, she's like curvy, you know, and then the tail anyway, it's really great. It's funny how she tucks it in and then looks at herself in the mirror. That's my favorite like panel is her tucking in her tail and then checking out her own butt. <laughs> it's great. Uh, anyway, and she fights villains with her troop of squirrel helpers and by like reasoning with them and appealing to their better nature and it does she does be like she does kick a little bit of butt but she also uses uh humor and humanity to get to these like very evil villains and there's a lot of inside jokes and funny asides and like clever footnotes in the art 
So you got to read it really carefully, but it is so funny. And if you are into reading about uh, like youth, which obviously this questioner is because of Miss Marvel and Lumberjanes and all of that, then the unbeatable squirrel girl right up your alley. All right, question number two. Uh, let's see. This is from Sharon. This is for Amanda's upcoming podcast. Oh, well, yes, obviously. I am new to graphic novels slash comic books and don't know where to start slash continue. I loved Saga by Brian K. Vaughn. Oh, me too. I have read Lumberjanes, which I liked as well, but don't know what to get to next. All right. So this is a reader who has loved Saga and just does not where to go, does not know where to go after that. So I will let Ardo kick it off. Well, since you did mention Saga, which is a great book, I thought another Michael K. Vaughn, uh, Brian K. Vaughn, <laughs> not Michael K. Vaughn, Brian K. Vaughn uh, comic that people should definitely check out is Why the Last Man. Um, I was actually recommended that when I first got into comics. Uh, it's a fantastic book. It's basically a book where uh, essentially all the men are killed off except for one. <laughs> um, and it's really great because it really looks at the issues that were in place in terms of women, like it deals with a lot of women issues, mm -hmm. uh, gender issues in terms of, for example, you know, since all the men died, um, there's literally a handful of women who know how to make makeup, right? Cause the cosmetic industry is dominated by men, for example. So it's things like that, that made that the entire series is like multiple trades. It's been out for a long time. It's ended a while ago. Definitely something to check out. The art is beautiful by uh, Pia Guerra. Uh, who does pencils and Jose Marzan Jr. Who, who's the inker? Um, I definitely recommending that. It's a little old, much, a little older uh, for some people. I recommend you know uh, older high school students and then above to to type of uh, to read it. But definitely, definitely worth the read. It's a fantastic series. All right, I'm gonna go with uh, the Wicked and the Divine for my first rec for this one. That's by uh, Karen Gillan and Jamie McKelvey. Um, it has that same kind of irreverent feel that Saga does. I feel like Saga Saga is like this giant space opera that takes on all these huge questions of like family and mortality and war and then inserts like a lot of cursing and spitting and blood and yuckiness, you know. It's just very um, irreverent. That's the best word I can think of it. And The Wicked and the Divine does the same thing, but with mythology. So it takes all of these myths from various religions, old and new, Christianity, ancient religions, doesn't matter what, and takes their gods and puts them into modern life. And the, the concept here is that the pantheon of gods that, uh, you know, all of the gods that you can think of basically are reborn every 90 years or so. They live for two years and then they die. And so in this reincarnation happening right now, they're all pop stars. And one of them is killed. Um, I'm not going to tell you which because spoilers. One of them is killed. And this like fangirl who's obsessed with this pantheon of gods and their pop star uh, status and really wants to be one of them. Uh, tries to get to the bottom of what happened to this god. And then that's just really the first kind of story arc. It continues. And at this point, it's moved past that and is into a different story arc. But just seeing how these artists reimagine these ancient figures from human mythology as pop stars is so fascinating. There's like a like a David Bowie figure. There's a Prince figure who I really love. There's like definitely a Rihanna. And I don't know that they've admitted this, but there's definitely one of the gods that's supposed to be Rihanna. And it's just really funny. And it'll make you rethink everything you know about how we worship celebrities. And it's very pretty, and I like it a lot. So there you go. The Wicked and the Divine. Uh, my next pick is actually um, Velvet by Ed Brubaker and Steve Epting. Uh, it's a really great, great you know, espionage type of comic where uh, the main character, who's a woman, 
um, is basically, you know, she's an assistant to the director of um, the British Intelligence Service and is framed for, for a, 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 you know, she's seen as a traitor. Um, and what we don't know is that she was, uh, you know, or what other people around her don't know is that she actually was an agent. Um, and so you basically have this kind of really cool, like, born type of situation set in, like, uh, I believe it was the 60s. Um, and it's basically her trying to get to the truth. And it's a really fantastic comic. Um, it's beautiful art by Steve Epting, um, colored by Elizabeth Brett Weiser. And, you know, Ed Brubaker just does the most fantastic stories. So definitely recommend picking up Velvet. I love Velvet. It reminds me, it's like if James Bond were movies were actually about Many Penny, and Many Penny was a better spy than James Bond. Like that's <laughs> that's what Velvet is, and I just love it so much because James Bond is so boring, but Money Penny's great. Anyway, that's my two cents about Velvet. Uh, all right, so my next one is I don't you don't mention in your question if you are like for or against or have no opinions about or whatever Ms. Marvel, but if you are looking to get into superhero comics at all, Ms. Marvel is a great start. Uh, volume one is called No Normal, and this is by G. Willow Wilson. And uh, Ms. Marvel is a teenager. She's, I think her family's from Pakistan, and she lives in Jersey City. And she realizes she, like, you know, one day events conspire to give her superpowers. And she has to deal with being a superhero, you know, who sneaks out at night in her kind of religious conservative family's house. She sneaks out to go uh, battle bad guys. And there's also a little bit of, like, teen love some angst thrown in there, family problems, her big brother's really annoying, um, really great uh, interrogation about like faith and, and what it takes to be a hero and all of these things. And it's also really funny. There are a couple of crossover uh, issues where like Loki makes an appearance because of reasons and a bunch of other different superheroes from the universe. So, but you don't have to know anything about like the Marvel universe to really understand and enjoy what's happening in Miss Marvel, which I think makes, makes it like a really great gateway comic and then if you come across a character when you're reading Ms. Marvel who intrigues you you can go read their books later if you want to but you don't have to to know what's happening so yeah Ms. Marvel G. Willow Wilson love it um my next pick is actually Moonshot the Indigenous Comics Collection um I actually wrote about this on panels for a post on Aboriginal comics um it's definitely something to check out especially since this reader feels I feel like she's a, a bit flexible in what she she wants to read. So I wanted to see if maybe poke you a little bit to, to try this one out. It's basically a collection of Aboriginal artists and writers. Um, and it's just like, if you see the cover alone, the cover is gorgeous. Um, and it's, it's edited by Hope Nichols, who's done amazing things. She's, she's re she's the one, same person who reprinted, you know, Nell Vanna, who was uh, Aboriginal superhero in Canada. Um, and it's just, it's just a stunning volume to, to check out for sure. There's a bunch of different comics in there about, you know, um, Aboriginal lore, uh, modern day Aboriginal, um, stories as well as, the, you know, past, um, stories as well. Definitely, definitely recommend, um, checking that out. Um, it, it's just to, to diversify your reading experience. Um, so my last pick is a diversification of genre, um, although it is, it's written by a white guy, i got to say. But I love it so much. It's called Witches, and it is horrifying. So if you are at all cool with like being really freaked out, this is a great scary comic to pick up for this time of year. Very time appropriate. Um, but it's Witches with a Y, W-Y-T-C-H-E-S, 
and it's by Scott Snyder, and the art is by Jock. And it is about a family who moves into a new house in a small town because they are kind of trying to leave their past behind, a very traumatizing uh, past as a family. And witches show up and torment this family, uh, basically. But they're not witches that you think of, like when you imagine a witch in your mind, it's not like hocus pocus. These are monsters, like scary, terrifying monsters who have this entire town under their control. So there's no real help for this family to be had. But, and it, it's, um, so it is, you know, creepy and it's a horror comic and all of that, but it's mostly about parenting and what it's like to be a parent and the things that you will or will not or can't do for your children to keep them safe. So um, I actually, I have a parenting tiny letter that I started writing uh, earlier in this year where every week I just, whatever, it's a newsletter that I write about being a parent. And I started writing that newsletter because of thoughts that I had about being a mother inspired by this horror comic book about witches. It's so good. It's so good and insightful and I love it so much. All right. Have you read Princess? I've read the first issue and mm. I have to say that it's really creepy. It's, so creepy. Uh, it's amazingly creepy. I definitely need to go back and uh, read it. But yes, I, 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 everything Amanda said. <laughs> yeah. And it, the, fir- the first trade is out. So if you want to read it in like graphic novel form, you can, you can read the first one. All right. Let's do one more question. Then we'll do our second sponsor and then we'll do the last couple. All right. Question three. <laughs> this is like a sentence fragment, but I included it because it's a good question. Books including uh, comics and graphic novels, by authors that identify as queer. And this is coming from Janani. So uh, comic books or books by queer authors. We actually just did a Read Harder video about this topic. Read Harder is our um, reading challenge that we do, I say every year, but we just started it this year, but we are going to do it again in 2016. Um, So it's our annual reading challenge where we give you a bunch of different tasks uh, to read. I I think 24, two for each month. I think. Don't hold me to that. Anyway, I'll leave a link below. And over on our YouTube channel, we're doing bi-weekly videos giving suggestions for each task. So we've done videos about, you know, books, uh, read, whatever, read read a romance novel. Actually, I don't think we've done that video yet. You know what I'm saying. So Josh just did a video for the task of read a, a book by an author who identifies as LGBTQ. And so I will leave the link to that video Uh, in the show notes so you can go watch it. But I will tell you that the books that he suggests in that video are Go Tell It on the Mountain by James Baldwin, uh, who is a very famous and classic um, gay author, and Fun Home by Alison Bechdel. That's actually a graphic novel. No, it's not a graphic novel. It's a graphic memoir. So many, so many genres. It's a graphic (laughs) memoir about her and her relationship with her father and coming out and uh, Stuck in the Middle with You by Jennifer Finney Boylan. And um, so you can check out that video. My personal recommendation for this question is Tell Me Again How a Crush Should Feel by Sarah Farazan. Farazan. Um, This is a YA novel about a young girl who comes from a, oh, Persian, I think, family. And it's a, she lives in a very conservative household, conservative religious household, and she is a lesbian. And she's starting to realize that she has these feelings for girls and she doesn't know you know, what to do. She has, she gets developed a crush on one of her schoolmates, but she's terrified of coming out to her family because they're, she thinks they're going to reject her and um, that her community will reject her. Um, and then she starts to have uh, like relationship issues with the woman or the girl, the other teenager that she has feelings for. Um, so there's a lot going on in this book. And 
it's um it's not auto, it's not an autobiography but it is autobiographical in that these are personal experiences things that the author has gone through um and it's got a really cute cover anyway so that's tell me again how a crush should feel by sarah Farazan. and i will i just plowed through all of mine for some reason and didn't even let ardo go so you can just talk <laughs> just go just talk about all of them all your wrecks oh <laughs> uh, well my first pick is through the woods by emily carroll um, you know, we, we talked about how freaky, uh, witches is, um, through the woods is basically a collection of comic stories. Uh, it, I devoured this in one day, not too long ago. It's a beautiful book and it's a creepy book. Um, it's, it's all of these really creepy tales. Um, and I definitely recommend reading it. Uh, Emily is a fantastic, uh, comics artist and writer. So, uh, through the woods is definitely something to check out. Um, another comic is actually something I mentioned earlier, this one Summer by Mariko Tamaki and Jillian Tamaki. Um, this comic is fantastic. It's about uh, two young girls um, on the precipice of, <laughs> you know, teenhood <laughs> who basically um, are at a, you know, summer, I guess, like summer lake town um that they go uh, every summer they don't actually know each other outside of the summers that they spend there um and it's it really deals with with many issues of you know getting older um and becoming young women but also things going on with the main characters uh parents and and things like that definitely something i recommend reading uh again it's won many prizes that have actually um are uncommon for comics actually in terms of the book realm of, that they've won these these uh awards so definitely check that one out um and my last one is virgil now virgil's a new one uh virgil is a is by steven orlando jd faith chris beckett and tom mauer hopefully i got that right but it's basically uh it's it's described as a queer exploitation graphic novel um, it's set in Kingston, Jamaica, where uh, a country where an anti-violence, uh, anti-gay violence is unfortunately prevalent and follows the story of Virgil, a police officer on a mission of violent revenge after his boyfriend is kidnapped. Um, it's a really great comic. Uh, Steve Orlando is actually also writing the ongoing Midnighter comic over at DC and Midnighter is a, a gay superhero. So, which is a big deal, actually, <laughs> that mm, yeah. the superhero is uh, um, headlining their own comic. So definitely check those out. I also wanted to mention the Oath Kickstarter, um, which just met. Um, it's been funded, um, and it's basically an, uh, an anthology of queer um, stories, uh, I think specifically about superheroes. Yes, introducing new queer LGBT superheroes and showcasing talent of queer creative teams so that was that was funded and i i would definitely uh look out for that when it uh hits amazon and the stores all right before we get to question number four we have six total questions in case you're wondering uh before we get to question number four let's do our next sponsor it's penguin random house audio i'm obsessed with audiobooks do you listen to audiobooks at all or no um, I have listened to a total of one. Oh, good job. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I realize I, I'm great with podcasts, but the problem yes. with audiobooks is I have to kind of focus. 
Yeah. Um, not daydream during it, but I, I did enjoy one book uh, via audiobook. I have the same thing. So I only listen to nonfiction, like really long meandering, non- like presidential biography kind of long <laughs> meandering on nonfiction, nonfiction on audio, because then I can tune out if I'm like driving and I start thinking about like paying my electric bill, you know, or whatever, and I miss what like three minutes of my audiobook I've missed nothing except that president like shooting a cow or something you know whatever um so that's that's how I deal with that but I do the same thing but I am listening to audiobooks all the time like in any time during my day when I'm uh doing something that is occupying my hands so I can't physically hold a book but not necessarily occupying my brain then I will listen to an audiobook so like when I'm gardening um, or doing yard work and stuff like that. I, when I'm in the grocery store, that's actually kind of embarrassing because I'm very antisocial, but I will put in my earbuds and go grocery shopping and listen to audiobooks while I'm doing that. I really enjoy listening to audiobooks when I'm cooking because um, it's just, you know, your brain goes on autopilot and you're just putting stuff in pans and putting stuff in the oven. And I don't want to leave the kitchen because if I leave the kitchen, my children will hear me and then they'll come ask me for stuff. So I just stay in the kitchen and listen to audiobooks while I'm waiting for dinner to finish. Um, and obviously while I'm driving, I listen to audiobooks all day. Um, so audiobooks are great and I love them. It's a really great way to fill in all of those kind of empty spaces in your day. And it's also a great way to get in a book for your book club. And I actually, this is often how I get through my book club books is by listening to them in audio. Um, of course, book clubs, I don't need to tell you that they're a great idea. Book clubs are a great idea. I love my book club so much. It's 95% an excuse to get together with my friends and have brunch because that's what we do for a book club. We, we meet at a new restaurant every month for brunch and drink mimosas because um, I don't need a book club to read. Obviously, I'm going to do it anyway. But Yeah, I you... do the exact same thing. I have a monthly brunch book club. Yes. Sometimes I don't get to ch- the chance to actually read the book, but I just go to the brunch to hang out with these lovely ladies that I don't see every day. Exactly. So. We don't require that people finish the books for, for book club because like not finishing... There's a reason you didn't finish. So, come, yeah. you know, come talk about that. It was boring. You didn't like it, whatever. That That's worth uh, discussion. So, so yeah. Um, and listening to an audiobook for your book club can really add another dimension to the conversation because if you, you know, heard it narrated, you had a different experience than somebody who read it on the printed page. So that adds something that you can talk about. And, of course, it's a great way for members who don't really have time to sit down and dedicate time to reading a physical book to get through the book so that they can still participate. So if you want to... Give audiobooks for your book club a try, but you're not sure where to start. You don't know what to suggest or what books to start with. You can go to penguinrandomhouseaudio.com backslash book club. The link will be in the show notes. They have title suggestions for your book club, like Judy Bloom's newest book, In the Unlikely Event. Uh, Nina George's book, The Little Paris Bookshop, which is great. Books, books about books are great for book clubs, I say from personal experience. They also have tips for how to start your book club, tips for how to pick a theme, uh, suggested questions discussion questions for your book club for their audiobooks. So it's a great resource for book clubs and for audiobook lovers in general or for audiobook newbies. So that's Penguin Random House Audio. Check out penguinrandomhouseaudio.com backslash book club and thank you for sponsoring the show. All right, question number four. Hello all. Hello you, listener. I'm wondering if we can, if you can recommend any graphic novels in the sci-fi fantasy genres with strong female characters. I'd love to get some recommendations as I begin to dive into the world of graphic novels. And this question is from Lee. So why don't you kick us off? Uh, my first pick is The Wake uh, by Scott uh, Snyder and uh, artist Sean Murphy. 
Um, it's a, it was a limited series from Vertigo. Um, it was like, as it was coming out, I was eager, eagerly waiting for the individual issues because it was that great. Um, it's a total of 10 issues. Um, I think they're all collected in uh, one trade. Um, and it's essentially about uh, a marine biologist, Lee Archer, who's approached by the Department of Homeland Security um, to investigate, um, you know, some secret in the Arctic Circle. Um, and and there there are things below the surface. And, <laughs> things. Uh, <laughs> things below the surface. And it's uh, it's just a really, the art is just stunning. Um, and, and, and the colors on it as well. Definitely recommend reading that. It, it's a very short, you know, like I said, it's a limited series. So definitely recommend The Wake. Definitely. Okay, uh, my first pick is Low. Uh, this is by Rick Remender and Greg Tocchini. Don't know if I'm saying that right. Um, Low, the first trade came out this year, so you can read it in graphic novel form if you want to. It's science fiction. It's set way, way, way in Earth's future when the sun has started to expand, so like billions of years into Earth's future. Um, and humanity is escaping the mounting heat from the sun's slow expansion by going farther and farther and farther into the ocean, so low underwater. Um, and as time goes on, they have to abandon their habitats and move even deeper and then even deeper and even deeper. And this comic takes place in a time where the last known um, full like city settlement deep underground is starting to run out of oxygen. And so society is sort of crumbling into hopelessness and despair and like depravity. People have nothing to live for, so what's the point? So they're just spending their time not working, not making art, not doing anything worthwhile because they know that the end is nigh, sort of. Um, and the strong female character is, uh, she's a main character named Stell, and she's a mother. And in the first issue or two, I don't remember, something horrible happens to her family and she has to really kind of take over. She is searching for a new planet for, for humans to leave Earth and go find somewhere else to live so that the, you know, the species can continue. And the book is about her and the strength of her hope and the strength of her, not positivity, because a lot of very dark stuff happens in this book, but the strength of her like just relentless zeal for things to work out. And she's a, she's a strong character in that, like, I think when we say strong female characters, a lot of time we mean like violent or very much so like the guys or, you know, like a lone ranger, but she's none of those things. She's a mom and she worries about her children. She's, um, very moral, but in a in a really soft kind of way. So it's an interesting take on the idea of a strong female character. But the book is very much about her and her hope, and I I really like it. It's very very dark, but the art is beautiful. It's like this watercolors. The book is just a series of watercolors. Um, so if you're in if you're in a low place, I don't know if I recommend this because it's really sad. But I loved it. I love it a lot. There you go. Uh, my next pick is the death defying. Dr. Mirage. Um, it's a book from Valiant, and Valiant is actually a, a comic book uh, company similar similar to that of Marvel and DC in that they have like a, a comic book universe. And so they've they've come back with a vengeance after being gone for so long, um, and they've rebooted a lot of their characters, including Dr. Mirage. Now, Dr. Mirage was originally a '90s comic book uh, series, and this new iteration um, by Jan, uh, Jen Vermeter um, is amazing. Um, and the art by Rob, Roberto Della Torre is also fantastic. Um, but it's basically a woman of color versus a, a man of color. 
um, in the previous one named uh, Shan Fong and her uh, husband Wen is dead. And so instead of, uh, so she's a um, America's favorite semi-retired paranormal investigator. <laughs> um, and she uses her gifts to solve, you know, homicides and, you know, bring peace to bereaved um, families. But when a big time occultist with a uh, classified military pass hires her for a special job, she discovers that there's a way in which she can possibly get her husband back um and so it's a very beautiful comic um it's it's i think a limited uh run of five issues uh they're doing another limited run that kind of uh continues off of that uh um i think in january or in december um but it's definitely something i recommend it's 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 a, one of the best things i read during my winter break last year um so definitely check that one out Okay, my next one is Lazarus. This is a really long-running series, so there's plenty there for you to read. It's by Greg Rucka, and it's uh, more of the sci-fi end as opposed to the fantasy end. Uh, it takes place, uh, I guess it's also the future. I don't know if it's a future or just an alternate universe where there are no governments. Uh, world, The world is split into different um, zones, kind of Hunger Game-ish sort of districts, and each one is headed up by a family, a different family, like a biological family. So it's like the mob went international, kind of. And the la the every family has a Lazarus, which is a genetically engineered member of their family who is um, their muscle, basically. The Lazarus runs their errands, protects them. She's their bodyguard. Um, she is kind of invincible. So when she gets injured, she can regenerate. She's genetically engineered to be super strong, fast, smart, all of these things. Um, the Lazarus for... This particular family that the, the comic focuses on is a woman. They're not all women, but this one is a woman. Um, and she believes herself to be a real member of this family. Like, that she believes that they love her. Uh, but do they? Do some members love her and some don't? I don't know. And so you're following the adventures, not really adventures, but the, the exploits of this woman as she does morally questionable things for her family who she thinks loves her, who she thinks regards her as a member of their family. And um, society starts to kind of break down. There's a lot of betrayal, a lot of really great fighting, questions about genetic engineering, about loyalty, war, um, a lot of really interesting points about economic injustice and economic imbalance and capitalism. So it's very thoughtful, long-running sci-fi series with a kick-ass female character who I love. So that's Lazarus. Check that out. Uh, my next pick is actually one I haven't read, but I've read its uh, predecessor. Um, Womanthology uh, Space is basically a collection of uh, comics that take place, I guess, in space specifically. Um, but it's all women who are who write these stories. Um, I actually got the the beautiful uh, IDW hardcover that's massive called uh, Womanthology Heroic, which is basically the superhero equivalent of that. But it's basically just, you know, a bunch of comic book stories uh, by women, not necessarily about women, but by, uh, by women. Um, and definitely something that I will check out as well. Um, and it sounds really cool. Yeah, it does. Let me check that out. Womanthology. I like that womanthology. I love a, I love a good pun. Play on words. All right, my last pick is ODYC by Matt Fraction and Christian Ward. Uh, obviously, it's Odyssey. ODYC. Uh, this is a futuristic, gender flipped retelling of Homer's Odyssey in in space. If you could catch all that, and I am obsessed with this comic. So every character in this comic is a strong female character because every character almost is a woman. So all of the gods are women. Um, 
all of the the characters in the Odyssey that you know we know and love from thousands of years of hearing the story over and over again. They're all women, um, and it's really trippy to look at. Have you read this, Ardo? Uh, Odyc. I haven't yet. Okay. Uh, I, I think I'm going to grab the trade when it comes out because it feels so epic that I feel like a trade is, is is the way to go for me to read this. Yes. And you'll spend, like, it's so immersive, this world. It's, I don't know, it's like reading Homer if you were on really weird acid. I don't know what that's like. I've never, I've never done that particular drug, but I feel like being on acid and then sitting down to read a classical Greek myth would be what this comic is and it's written in the same um i don't know the term i'm not a greek scholar but it's not i mean it's obviously not a big pentameter but the same like homeric meter that a lot of translations use it's written in that so matt fraction obviously knows his stuff and has done a lot of uh, research and reading about homer and the myths in um in the odyssey so anyway that's a really great sci-fi also fantasy, sci-fi because of the space stuff, fantasy because it's, you know, gods and things like that. And the first trade, I think, is, is either either just came out or is just about to come out. So by the time you hear the show, you should be able to get it. Oh, okay. So that was it. That was it for that question. Um, next question, question number five. Uh, hey, Amanda, thanks so much for putting together this podcast. Can't wait for the first episode. I'm looking for some recommendations to add to my ever-growing TBR. I eat up any book I can find that centers on a bookshop, a library, or a book within a book. Recent favorites include Mr. Penumbra's 24-Hour Bookstore, The Borrower, and The Rabbit Back Literature Society. Oh, and I just started the library at Mount Char. Wow. <laughs> do you have any other gems in mind that I might have missed? Um, I do, actually. This is a genre kryptonite of mine. I love books about books. So I'm just going to say these really fast because um, we're running out of time and we have one more question. So The Storied Life of A.J. Fickery by Gabriel Zevin is a great book about a cranky, cranky bookseller um, who owns his bookstore. And man, how to say this without spoiling it. He develops a relationship with one of his um, publishing representatives. So I don't know how much you know about the book industry, but representatives from publishing, sales representatives from publishing houses travel often to bookstores to talk about books that are coming out soon that they feel like the book should carry. So he develops a relationship with her. There's um, an unexpected addition to his family, kind of. Um, so it's really about this like very cranky and crotchety guy who runs this bookstore and is actually very snobby, um, learning to love, sort of. So it's very sweet. And it has that nice, charming bookstore within a within a book kind of thing going on. A classic of this kind of subgenre is Too Loud a Solitude by, I'm going to say it wrong, Bohumil Hrabel. I will spell that in the show notes. And this is a really short, I don't know if you would think of it as, as a novel so much as a novella, but it's about a um, trash compactor who whose entire job consists of making giant bales out of waste paper. So waste paper gets dumped into his workspace and he squishes it all down to manageable um, cubes to be sent off to be recycled or, or burnt or whatever. And while he's doing that, he saves books as he finds them. Lots of books are thrown in the trash. I don't know if y'all know this, um, but I've worked at a bookstore and lots of books get thrown in the trash that aren't that aren't purchased or that are damaged or whatever. And so he saves them and stuffs his house full of all of these books. Um, and then a new, a new automated waste paper uh, destruction machine is created and he has to deal with kind of the phasing out of his usefulness and so it can be read as like a 
I don't know, a take on technology and books and e-readers and all of that. But it was written a long time ago, and it's actually about censorship, like government censorship. So read it however you want. It's a great book regardless. Um, and then the last one that I wanted to mention is The Club du Mas uh, by Arturo Perez Reverte. This was made into an awful Johnny Depp movie called The Ninth Gate. <laughs> so bad. Have you seen that movie? It's the worst. I, I haven't. Oh, my God. Don't. Or do, but, like, hate watch it. You know? <laughs> it's, um... God, it's so bad. Anyway. It's cheesy and awful, and they mess up the book, and it's just the worst. I love you, Johnny Depp. Please don't ever do that again. Uh, so the Club Dumas is for, if you like Dan Brown, like Dan Brown for literary snobs, which I totally am one, so it's it's cool. Although I do love Dan Brown. Whatever. Um, it's about a rare book dealer who's very mercenary, and he doesn't actually care about the books. He's really, like, in it for the coin. And he gets sent on this wild goose chase to authenticate a book about the devil. And there are like some weird supernatural elements and lots of puzzle solving and mystery solving and, you know, like life, life or death situations and car chases and stuff like that. And uh, it's, a, it's a great adventure. Um, the translator of that book is Sonia Soto, but it's a lot of fun. The Ninth Gate is a horrible movie. Please don't watch it. So Ardo has a few suggestions for this as well. Uh, it, it, this was in, an interesting request that actually made me think. Um, the one comic that I could think of is actually, a, again, another French comic that was translated. Um, it's called Exquisite Corpse by Penelope Bejou. Um, and it's basically about uh, this girl named Zoe, who isn't really the intellectual type, which is why she doesn't recognize world-famous author Thomas Rocher when she stumbles into his apartment and into his life. Um, and so Zoe is someone uh, who, ha who, throughout the book, is someone who has this relationship with this author, but she literally does, does, is a person who doesn't read. So she won't know things like, you know, like the difference between Batman and like, I don't know, like another literary character. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting to see her interact with this author, um, but also um, just to see her. It, it, the really interesting thing about this comic is this idea of women and their space, whether it's their space space a personal physical space uh, and how they interact with men or even space in terms of like the publishing industry definitely a comic i would recommend um and it's it's just so so fantastic um and i have i think one book rec is that it's i i participated in the rainbow coast you know uh, 2016 preview and got to see this really book uh cool book called thief of lies by ben brenda drake that's coming out in 2016 and it's basically about library jumping <laughs> so this you know this character he gets to jump to different libraries around the world that are you know beautiful libraries and I, I just want that to be my life, essentially. That sounds amazing. Life, life goal. <laughs> life goal, exactly. All right, last question, rounding up. This was actually a bonus question, but I think we've got time, so we're going to go ahead and do it. Um, hi, Amanda. I'm going to be traveling to Asia in October. Man, I'm jelly. Part of the time we'll be on a cruise, and part of the time we'll be traveling around on our own. We will be spending a few days in Hong Kong, possibly Macau, Sanya, which is part of uh, an island in China, Saigon, Bangkok, Singapore, Kuala Lumpur, and Seoul. Of all these places, I've only been to Hong Kong before, and it was only for a layover. I'd love to get some fiction or nonfiction recommendations for these countries and the specific cities. I'm even more interested in getting a feel for the places as they are today than historical books. Uh, I've already read Kevin Kwan's Crazy Rich Asians and China Rich Girlfriends, which take place mostly in Singapore. What else should I read? And that question is from Allison. I actually, not my wheelhouse, this is not my wheelhouse at all, so I put this question up on our internal social network at Book Riot for the contributors to answer. A lot of our contributors have a really great 
solid background in books about Asia, China, and specific cities or countries. And so they gave me three top picks for you, and I'm going to tell you about the first one, and then I'll let Ardo uh, give you a couple of hers. The first one is called On the Noodle on the On the Noodle Road by Jen Lin Liu. And this is, the subtitle is From Beijing to Rome with Love and Pasta. So this is a food writer. If you're going to that region, I'm hoping that you're there for the food because, oh my gosh, so good. But this is from a food writer who travels the Silk Road searching out the history of the noodle, which is so random, but awesome. It reminds me of those books like Salt and Cod, like random micro histories of, of just like everyday stuff that we use. But yeah, so this is about the noodle. Um, she's a newlywed traveling in India. She gets kind of struck by the, the culinary echoes of what she's eating when, while she's in Italy because uh, she's thinking about all the time that she spent in China and noodles uh, in China. And so she's wondering who really invented the noodle and how his food and culture moved along the, the Silk Road. The Silk Road is like this ancient trade route that links Asia and Europe. So she travels it, um, going into people's private kitchens to try and figure out who invented the noodle. So it's a really interesting food history. Uh, it starts in that region and how food from the from Asia went out into the world. So that's my first pick. Uh, my first pick is The Undertaking of Lily Chen by Danica. Oh, Lord, I hope I don't butcher the last name. Novgorodov. Um, it's a book from First Second, uh, this amazing publisher. Um, and it's basically um, uh, exploring northern chi- China's ancient customs about ghost brides. Um, which oh, is, yeah, it's, I, I read this not knowing anything about ghost brides and it's, it's beautiful watercolors. It's, 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 and like, it's very stunning artwork by Danica. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's fantastic. I would definitely recommend reading that. Um, and yeah, this, this particular question was very interesting. I had to go, uh, I had to dive real dig. <laughs> I had to dig. I asked Twitter for help uh, at some point. But yeah, it's, it, this is a great question. Yeah. Uh, the next one that my contributors recommend for you is Soy Sauce for Beginners by Kirsten Chen. This is a novel. Uh, it's about a girl named Gretchen Lin. Well, she's not a girl. She's 30. A woman named Gretchen Lin who is 30. She leaves her troubled marriage. Uh, she lives in San Francisco. She leaves and goes back to her childhood home in Singapore um, in order to kind of escape her problems. And while she's there... She encounters these these family issues that are the reason she left Singapore in the first place, which are her mother's drinking problem and her father's complicated and bothersome artisanal soy sauce business. So she's surrounded by her family. She's got to deal with the tension between her personal ambition to make something happen in her career and her duty to her family, which is a theme you'll find in a lot of Chinese literature, especially Chinese literature about women. Um, there's time for her to explore new romance uh, with a son of a client, an old American friend comes to town. There's a controversy around that, so there's a lot of culture clashes happening in this uh, in this novel, and it does it is about the food too. I guess we couldn't really get away from talking about the food, but anyway. So that's Soy Sauce for Beginners by Kirsten Chen. Uh, my second pick is called The Divine. Um, it is by Baos Levy, um, Asaf Hanuku, Hanuka, and Tomer Hanuka. Um, it's uh, another book uh, also from the uh, first second. In fact, uh, Panels has a podcast called Old Comics, and they actually have an episode dedicated to just talking about that book. So if you do give this book a, a read, I'd definitely check out that episode of Panel um, of Old Comics. 
Um, and it's basically about this, you know, uh, explosives consultant who goes to a fictional uh, Southeast, Southeast Asian co- country called uh, Kuan Lam. Um, and, you know, basically does interesting stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's a, it's an interesting book. Um, I haven't had the chance of reading it yet, but I do know that, uh, quite a bit of people, um, uh, over at panels are loving it. Um, it's actually on my list to read. Um, definitely check that out. The art, I've seen the art and the art is, is amazing. So definitely check that out. Okay, my last one is nonfiction. It's called China Wakes, The Struggle for the Soul of a Rising Power. This is by Nicholas Kristof and Cheryl Wu Dunn. And this, they're two, uh, the two authors are Pulitzer Prize winning New York Times reporters. And this is a big chunky kind of history of China. Um, it's about the tra- China's transformation into an economic and political superpower that it is today, told through an analysis of uh, daily life in China. And it compares... Um, the politics, the current Chinese politics to that of older of like Chinese dynasties uh, and different Chinese kingdoms and stuff like that. So uh, complicated, big, weighty, thinky history, which are my favorite kinds of histories. But if you want a really comprehensive and insightful kind of prize winning history of the area that looks at all sorts of big picture economics, big picture politics, but also small daily life stuff, then that's your pick. It's China Wakes is what it's called. So that's my last rec. I should also mention that the divine has ancient magic, Ooh. which is really cool. I feel like ancient magic is what we all should strive for in a book. <laughs> <laughs> Seconded. Uh, so my last uh, pick is called, uh, I hope I don't butcher this, Pyongyang, A Journey in North Korea. It's by Guy Delis. Um it's basically what I call uh, what's what's called as graphic journalism. So he basically travels to North Korea and documents um, his travels there. Not necessarily Seoul, which is in South Korea, but I thought eh, it's within the region, so maybe something to check out. Um, uh, I haven't read this comic either, um, but it's definitely on the list because uh, it's 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 one of the books that people refer to when discussing graphic journalism. Um, I also this morning uh, found out there's something called Manway uh, Comics, also known as Chinese comics in the same way that manga is Japanese comics, um, and stumbled upon a, a comic called The One by Nikki Lee. No clue where to buy it uh, or even to get a translated version of it, but just know that there is an entire comics industry in China where their comics are called Manway Comics, um, and definitely check that out. All right, that's it. For this episode of Get Booked, thank you so much, Ardo, for being on my show <laughs> and helping me with these questions, some of which I was like, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I got nothing for you. Um, where can people find you on the internet, Twitter and all of that? I'm mostly on Twitter, yapping away at Ardo Omer, A-R-D-O-O-M-E-R. Um, you can find me on Women Write About Comics and also on panels, Writing the Things, um, and on Instagram at Omer Ardo. So check that out. Cool. All right. And of course, I'm Amanda Nelson. You can find me at Book Riot. My Twitter handle is at I'm Amanda Nelson with no apostrophe because Twitter doesn't allow apostrophes that take up too many characters. If you have a question for us to talk about on Get Booked, to email your question to getbooked@bookriot.com, or you can drop it in the form that will be in the show notes of this show. And we will back. We will be back. Excuse me. In two weeks, 
And my guest then will be Danica Ellis, who is the amazing blogger at The Lesbrary. And we are going to be talking about LGBTQ book recommendations. Um, so if you have an emergency LGBTQ book recommendation request that you want to get in for that show, send it to me ASAP and I will try to fit it in. Otherwise, I will see y'all later. Have a great one. Bye.